Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. For it seems now more certain than ever that the bloody experience of Vietnam is to end in a stalemate. This is as close as we can get to the base of the World Trade Center. You can see the firemen assembled here, the police officers, FBI agents, and you can see the two towers. A huge explosion now raining debris on all of us. We better get out of the way! I'm right, he's left. Let's talk about it. All right, guys, we're doing a kind of a minor second part of Meet Your Host. Uh, something that me and Ray both have a huge affinity for is just the topic of religion. So we kind of wanted to talk about our personal deconstructions, our ideologies of religion, and kind of what our current religion status is, what it began as, and kind of a little bit in between let you know, you know, some of these topics that we talk about are very religion-based, so that way you can understand our viewpoint on it, and so that way you can understand why we have a lack of religion or why there's still some bias there of religion when it comes to policy changes that we just speak on. So uh, right now, I'll let Ray kind of take it over, and he can talk about his. Yeah, I will. No problem. Uh, just... First and foremost, pardon us if you hear anything in the background. Lee's wife is currently streaming on Twitch. <laughs> so, kind of grew up kind of like in a Southern Baptist household, I guess you could say. My father was non-denominational. We kind of went to church with him. And then my mom was Baptist, so we kind of went to church with her too. Uh, kind of did that until... I'd say I was probably 13 or so. I was remember sitting in Sunday school one day and we were talking and my youth preacher was, I forget what the conversation was, but he basically was at like asked, why did God create us? And everybody said their piece and kind of what they thought the right answer was. And he said, no, you're all right, but you're all wrong. He made us only to worship him. And for some reason, that just kind of didn't really sit right with me. And uh, I just kind of thought about it for a few weeks and then talked to my family about it. And kind of, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I just couldn't let, let it go. And even to today, like I'm about to be 27 years old and I, it's still. I still think about that and I kind of stopped going to church there for a while. And I'd say when I was around 15, 16 or so, I kind of tried to go back with a couple of my friends from school and we kind of went to this mega church across the street and it, it was all right. I, I just basically just went to go hang out with my friends and tried to give it another chance if I could. And I just 
wasn't really feeling it, you know, because with Christianity, they really base a lot of their like teachings on your like, at least in the in Southern Baptist ways, because and even if you're like non-denominational, you're basically a Baptist at the end of the day, in all honesty. Exactly. Yep. And so I was like, I just didn't have that like personal connection that everybody else seemed to have. So I just wasn't couldn't really go along with the flow. So I really just kind of gave up on it for about a decade. And I'd say about a year or two ago, especially when my wife got pregnant with our first son, I kind of started to think about it, like trying to look into other religions just because like the spark of life at conception really like changes your whole mentality when you start having kids, at least for me, it did anyway. So I started looking to other religions, looked into paganism and I was really interested in paganism, like my entire life, just like the feelings around it, the, the look of it, like everybody knows, know what what I'm talking about, but it just didn't, I enjoyed it. especially like, especially try like Norse paganism. Cause that was really big and I liked it. I liked the teachings of it. Like it's all about, at least in Norse paganism, it's all about like being a man, like, you know, protecting your family, like defending yourself. And then the whole warrior aspect behind it. I really enjoyed it, but it just didn't feel real. If you, if you know what I'm saying. And, yeah, I get that. and then I just started thinking about it and doing a bunch of doing a lot of meditation trying to connect to a god i didn't care what it was at that point i just wanted something to reach out you know and then i just one day just cracked my bible open and started reading it again and never i've never converted back to christianity just because i can't get along with churchianity and even the people that don't go to church they still kind of follow that mentality to a degree and i just can't get behind it because in the Bible, it even says whenever Jesus nailed to the cross, that what they nailed above him was the doctrines and dogmas of man. And that's all church is nowadays, doctrines and dogmas of man. And even if it says in the Bible not to do it, I'm not going to do it, you know? And started looking into a little more, got into the Apocrypha, which in the Catholic Bible, they still have part of it in it. And I just kind of looked at it and then it went even further looking into the Nag Hammadi library, the Gnostic teachings. And if I had to claim anything, I would probably just say Gnosticism, if anything, because that was the, all the teachings and the books of the Bible that got snuffed out by the, by the Catholic church. And they just wanted to they wanted to control the religion so that they can enslave people, their people. And that was what they went after and got rid of. And if you read those, it's really like mind freeing because it doesn't resemble the Bible at all. Because the Bible, I'm sure everybody's heard this argument. It's been translated and translated and manipulated and, carved up rebuilt and nothing feels it feels original but it's not original you know what i'm saying 
So if you look into those, which I would love to do episodes on the Gnostic texts in the future, if anybody's interested in it, and just go over them and teach them a little bit. But that's basically where I, I'd say I'm at at this point. I mean, I can get I get into it a lot more later on as the discussion goes on, but at the top of my head, because I didn't plan for... I knew this episode was coming, but I didn't want to plan anything out. I just wanted to speak from the heart on it, because that's what religion's all about. It's just exactly. Going I mean, from that's the how heart. I feel with religion. Is you know, it's <clears throat> if you have to plan for religion, you're doing it wrong. Exactly. And even in the Bible, it says the church is just a small group of your friends. You're supposed to have home churches with your loved ones and just speak from the heart. And that's what I'm gonna try to do today. Yep. So, Lee, you can go ahead and kind of give your thoughts on everything, see where you're at. All right. So, uh, all right, guys. So, I was uh, raised a little bit the same way. Uh, I was raised in a evangelical church. So, uh, a lot of tent revivals, uh, typical evangelical Christian. Um, grandfather's preacher owned his own church. I was at every Sunday service, every Wednesday service um, for... I mean, 90% of my life, uh, all the way up until about 16, really, uh, hard into the evangelical Christian, um, community. Uh, I ended up eventually around the age of 13, started leading my own youth group, uh, with younger, uh, children, ended up moving up into older children as I got older. So at the age of like 14, 15, I was teaching, uh, 16, 17 year olds about evangelical Christian and uh, preaching to them on every Sunday service. Um, really felt like I had a very close connection to God and it really would consume my entire life. You know, I sat, read my Bible 24 uh, seven. The only books I really read were those of other pastors and it really consumed my entire life. My, goal on that point in life was to grow up and be a pastor just like my grandfather. Uh, we had plans that I was going to end up taking this church over and that was that was my life. It was every second of every day I just read about Christianity, uh, read the Bible, prayed over everything. Uh, I did my big week-long uh, giant tent revivals at the church and then on top of that I'd spend about two to three weeks out of each summer uh, doing a youth outreach program. We would do a big youth retreat up at one of the local state parks we had, and I would spend it preaching to the youth, preaching to everybody that was there. We we all we rented about six or seven cabins, and we would all meet in the middle of them. And these are very modest, you know, state park cabins, barely have electricity, and uh, we'd get them in one little circle, and meet up and have a big bonfire at the end of every single night. And I would always end the night with a sermon. And it was just something that, I mean, it really controlled my whole life. It was uh, all year long. I planned these sermons that I would have to these youth groups. And um, then I found a quote from Stephen Fry and it really resonated with me. And it's something that, you know, I, point to all the time when people ask my religion standpoint and a interviewer, forget the exact interviewer, but he asked Stephen Fry what he would do if he got to the gates of 
heaven and everything turned out to be correct. You know, if Christianity was correct, he got to heaven, he realized he made a mistake. And his answer really meant a lot to me. And he, he, uh, he said, so bone cancer in children? He said, really? He said, how can you be such a self-pretentious God to make a world so full of pain and hate for us all to endure? And the interviewer said, so you think you would get in? And Stephen Fry followed it up with, no, I wouldn't want to, not on his terms. And that really resonated with me. You know, it's if you're going to create such pain and hatred in this world that we all have to live in every single day, there's starving children, there's bone cancer in children, there's children that go through things that we should never go through. And, you know, like me and Rave's talked about in the past, I'm adopted father of two. So knowing the pain that children go through is, you know, I have vast, immense personal experience in that. And that just is something that never really sat right with me. And then, so I gave up the Christian faith um, and really just stayed almost numb for many years after that. Really didn't think about religion um, and just left it alone and didn't do anything with it, didn't study anything, just left it alone and almost ignored it as a top, topic as a whole. And then many years later, uh, or a couple years later, I ended up um, studying religion. I studied most religions where it came from Buddhism to Judaism to Islamic to Muslim to the Jewish faith and just anything and everything in between. Just studied every religion that I could get my hands on. And uh, honestly, just none of them really helped. None of them made sense. I was looking for something that quintessentially wasn't there. You know, I studied Old Testament, studied Catholic. Um, I studied everything that I could get my hands on and just nothing gave me that spark like I used to have. And it was really just from that pain and the the overall sense of just betrayal from God is almost what I felt. You know, it's kind of like Stephen Frost said, is even if I could tell you, you told me 100% tomorrow, proven fact that God existed, I wouldn't want into heaven on his terms. You know, and that is something I stand true to. I would much rather burn in hell with the kids that didn't give a chance, with the guy that would give you the shirt off his back, just the nicest dude you've ever met. But because he didn't believe in God, he doesn't get into heaven. I would much rather burn in hell beside that man than to be in heaven with every pretentious person I ever met in Christianity. And, you know, I don't really mean that in a negative way. It's just that's my experience with it. You know, a lot of people that's in that Christian faith that you meet and the follower, very pretentious, higher than all. And that really just doesn't sit well with me. And if that's what gets into heaven, I don't I don't want to be there. I want to be next to the guy that truly cared about his fellow man. So as of right now, um, I don't know. I'm really, really big into nature. I know that sounds kind of weird. Um, but just the energy levels that we give off, you know, it's the fact of, you know, I'm looking into when I die. Um, I have it signed in the paper right now that I'm not to be embalmed and I'm to be born, uh, buried in a compo- compostable box. 
Um, because essentially the nutrients and the vitamins and everything that my body holds, I want to give that energy back to the earth. You know, the energy that we have in our body creates food for everybody around us. You know, our waste turns into compost, our everything that our body, when it decomposes, just turns itself into food. It gives it life and you essentially carry on life with your body after death. If done the natural way that should have been done, we're designed biologically to continue the circle of life. And that's kind of where I've landed is just the energy of work, the earth. We are all together into one, you know, it, you know, like the old Disney saying of the circle of life, that's that's really what all that's all it boils down to, and that's what I believe in is, you know, do good on this earth, leave the earth a better place than you found it, spark positive change. And at the end of the day, as long as I can tell, I can promise that I made at least a single person's life better by them knowing me. That's all that matters to me, and then I'll be buried not embalmed and buried in my compostable box in the middle of the woods. And, you know, I already have a plot. It's about a mile away from a national park and uh, it's a pretty far distance from my house, but it's where I'm going to be buried. I'm going to transport me there, put me there and the energy and vitamins and uh, nutrients that come from my body after I pass will give life to everything around it and you know that life that my body can give could help so many future generations that I don't even know about yet and that's kind of where I'm laid, laid at right now is just you know really on a natural aspect of it, a very biological aspect of it more so than the more religion side it's more of a spiritual feeling of positive change positive attitude leads to a positive impact so not only am i leaving my impact through positivity but i'm also leaving my impact biologically when i pass and that's kind of where i've landed at yeah you know i haven't really given a whole lot of thought to what i wanted to happen to me after i died I mean, part of me just wants to, I've been leaning more towards like cremation and just one part of the monetary reason. And I don't want to, you know, give my family the burden of one, losing their husband and father and two, to figure out how much, how they're going to pay for a $30,000 funeral because you got, you know, I got life insurance and everything, but it's like that only goes so far. And if I can mitigate that cost in any way, I, now I will, which that's probably part of me is probably comes from the fact that I'm a cheapskate, but you know, it's like, and one, I'm, I could still stay in my home, still be with my family, maybe not spiritually, but physically I'm still there. And that, that accounts for something. And even on the spiritual, uh, you know, spiritual aspect of it, you know, I still think I'm still probably tied to my body somehow because I don't think that goes away completely because, you know, when you go 
because you go visit you know like a family's like when a family member's plot their grave you know you still feel like you're with them and i still want to stay with my family you know and i don't know it's just something about being like you said being all your guts and everything ripped out and all your life force ripped out of you after you die and then put you in a box that's not supposed to decompose in the in the ground it's i don't feel a connection through that yeah i don't either like i've even looked into there's a company out of oregon uh that i really like and they actually uh will compost your body after death yeah i've, I've heard a little yeah. bit about those over the years yeah. and uh i've even told my wife that uh i would like to save up for that save up to be able to be composted because the way I look at it is when my children, you know, decide on their forever home or hopefully they already have it by the time I pass. And, you know, you, you use the compost that you get for me to plant that big oak tree in your yard. Yeah. So that way your kids and your grandkids know that, you know, my life force is somewhere in that tree. Yeah. Because, uh, you, know, you know, you spend all your life building up this life of your family and everything and everything you put into it into your home why would I want to leave that yeah because like even if I just get cremated and my ashes sprinkled out in the backyard you know I'm still where I belong I'm still where mm-hmm. I built my life yeah no, I get be that like be, there said, for, be there for generations <laughs> but then on the like the other aspect of you said like when you go visit your uh uh, family, uh, you know, like at a gravesite and stuff, and you feel like the emotional draw to them. You know, I'm a, you know, I, I read really into psychological behavior, psychological mindsets. Uh, it's something I've been into at a very young age. And I really think that just, you know, we, our human brains aren't capable of really relating you know, feelings the way we should. Emotional intelligence, even if you're very emotionally intelligent, isn't on as high as a playing field as we should. You know, our emotions are a lot higher than our intelligence ever will be. Yeah. So I think a lot of that feeling you get is just the memories of the person. I don't know if I for sure see, like, feel a connection in them. I think I feel the connection to the memories. You know, knowing their body's there, knowing it's below me, seeing their name on the headstone. That is something that you know, I feel like that emotional connection too. I'm not cutting away from, you know, saying you want to stay in your home. That makes sense to me. I can justify that completely. Yeah. Cause even from that, like, even if they just, instead of going out to a graveyard and seeing your headstone once every few months or some people once a year or even never, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you're just left there alone. I mean, if it was me, like I'd rather see my parents as urn over the fireplace and be able to see them every day, still be with them, mm-hmm. and still be able to think about all the memories we had every single day. And, and, I, kind and, of I, the, and I hope my wife and kids will feel the same. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that, and that's kind of the same, you know, aspect that you have that I have. You know, it's kind of the reason I've, you know, talked about being composted and told my wife that I would like to start saving because it is not a cheap process, but. You know, but instead of an iron over a fireplace, you know, where I do have that nature-like mentality and 
uh, I am a nature lover by, you know, just by nature essentially is, you know, I like to be that big oak tree in the yard. I, I'd love my grandchildren to swing from a tire swing that my, that from an oak tree that was grew from the dirt and that dirt is me. Yeah. You know, it, it's, I'm still there supporting my family, being there for my family. I'm there through and through. Mm. And that to me just means the most, you know, it's, I'm giving my energy back in many more joyful terms, you know, like that. I know this kind of contradicts what you said, even though I understand why you said it and I completely justify it. It's, um, you know, anytime you see an urn of someone, you know, it's kind of, you see it and I don't know about you, but death is something that used to scare me. So I, I, I see those kids that would see that urn and they would be sad or, you know, some would be scared of de- death or they'd be sad. But knowing that, you know, I'm the tree that has the tire swing from it, mm-hmm. you know, they would see the essence of my life and it would, I know it would bring them joy throughout their entire childhood. And to me, that's really all you can ask for. Yeah. I, I mean, my mindset behind it is, yeah, I get that. But also it's like, I, I, I get what you're saying. Don't get me wrong. Like, I understand that completely but just to still be able to like be like hey there's dad over there still with us on christmas or hey be able to see my grandkids first walk in the house that i built you know even if i'm not really there it's just the mind of the mindset of being like hey he's still with us like because like I'm, i'm not gonna raise my kids to say to think of death as like a bad thing just be like it's you know it's natural. It's what happens. Like you're here, make the most of it while you can, and not to fear it more than anything. Because there's like no matter. Because even no matter what religion you fall under, they never really talk about death being a bad thing. Exactly. Like, it's something either to look forward to or just you know like go be able to be able to be with the rest of your family that you miss, you know, like, I don't, and it's, I, I don't, I don't fear death, you know, I, I, like you did, like you said, I used to until I understood what it was. And that's almost what I see religion as from like an outside perspective, you know, now that I can sit there and think of it as a methodical mind versus a mind coming from belief mm-hmm. is, you know, religion Death is something that's been scary since the beginning ages of time. It's the one thing on this earth that we all share. Yeah. You know, uh, death is the one thing that we will all witness together. No matter what form of life, what walk of life, what country, what state, what providence, the one thing that we are all going to share is death. Yeah. And I think that scares a lot of people. And so, you know, methodical mind coming from looking at religion and the aspect of death is almost think that death, uh, that religion was formed to disguise death for the fearful. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason it was there. It was created to help us better cope with the idea of death. When in all reality, with or without religion, death is not something to be scared of. You know, it's, when it's your time, it's your time. Just make sure you do enough with it. You know, my grandfather, when he passed, you know, he was 
Um, very, he was a very big penny pincher, saved every dime he could his entire life, and never went on vacation, worked as hard as he could in his entire life. And that was something that he really raised into me. You know, man, don't cry. We don't shed a tear. You know, you don't really show your emotion. You go to work day in, day out, do what you need to do. And you live, take care of your family, and then you die. And the true time that you can live is after death in heaven. Yeah. And, you know, looking back now and even then as a kid, you know, I call bullshit. I'm sorry. You know, it's kind of the way I look at it is, I understand where he's coming from. I understand if you have that belief, I understand that underlying feeling that you would have. But if the only reason that you live a terrible life is for the hope of a good afterlife, I would much rather live a great life. Yeah. I would much rather make these core memories, you know, and that's something that I've had to struggle with in these last couple years especially you know i i just turned 27 and again adopted uh two kids at the age of 22 i had a i adopted a nine-year-old at the age of 22 and you know that's something that in no physical way you should have you know that very slight possibility you're going to have a nine-year-old at the age of 22 you know yeah because you have had that kid 13 (laughs) exactly and I also adopted an infant. I got her the day she was born at the age of 22. And that is something, you know, I think, you know, it's, I've had to retrain myself and reteach myself through, throughout all this is, you know, I'm really big on now on, you know, instead of saving every single dime that I physically can, let's make those core memories. Let's be happy. Live in the moment. You know, we, we started camping uh, two years ago and, we're getting into backpacking now where we're going to go, you know, hike to the middle of a mountain and set up camp and create these memories. You know, we, when we go on vacation, we do non-technology vacations, you know, and I know that sounds crazy, you know, in this today's age and especially with my current role, you know, I'm a content creator, I'm a podcaster, no matter how much that phrase kind of gives me the cringe you know it's reality is that's what it is we're content creators and i am someone that is currently trying to make a living off technology and to say that you know one week a year or two weeks a year that i make my family go completely electronics free uh it's just to regain that connection make those core memories and to me i would much rather die broken happy than to have financial security in the bank and hope and pray that the afterlife that I've believed in my entire life is true. Yeah, I mean, like, I I love technology and I hate technology. <laughs> it's like, I whenever I buy it, I, I see them as tools more than anything, but... I don't know. Like it's it's really a lot to think about and it's hard to put into words, you know, what your mind is trying to still comprehend. And mm-hmm. like I get the way I see it, 
at least least I'll try to explain it. I think religion from the start, no matter what you believe, it was more or less a tool to explain the unexplainable. Because if you look, I'll just use Norse mythology for an example. It's all winter based. It's all ice based. Like the, they think the creation of the world was from a cow licking an ice, licking ice and man formed from that to some extent. And they base it off their environment, you know, and even like Christianity, it's a lot of desert in their mythology because that's what it was born. It was made in the middle. It was came from the middle East and it's just a way to, like I said, just a way to explain the unexplainable. And if you can get anything from that, to help you in life, I, I don't see it as a bad thing as long as you don't use it maliciously. And I mean, I agree. I, I don't see religion as a bad thing. I, I don't ever condemn someone for believing just because I don't. Right. Like, it, it, you can take it from any religion. As long as you're not using it as a way to hurt people, there's no bad to it. As long as you don't. Like I said, just use it maliciously. Like, if you like, if you look at the Talmud, which is one of the holy books in Judaism, there's a lot of bad in that, and I, I kind of, at least from my limited research of it, it kind of makes you think. That's why another reason that the Jews seem to have a bad reputation is just all the stuff that's in the Talmud, and. I don't, I don't buy into it. I try to look at the best of every situation. So I'm not condemning one person just because I don't understand it, you know. Exactly. And I try to do that with, you know, Islam or Catholicism. I don't, as long as it's a way to get to point A to point B the easiest way possible, do what you want to do, you know. Like, I'm not going to judge anybody just because I don't understand it. Or I don't agree with it. Like, like I said, my dad, he was, he was in the church of Jesus Christ, which is not the denominational church, which is an evangelical church. And he says a lot of things I don't agree with, but if it helps him, cause he came from a different time. Hell, my dad was born in the fifties. So it's, it was a different time he grew up in and that's what he knew. That's what he was taught. And it's hard to it's hard to teach a dog old dog new tricks, you know. And I don't like my main like just kind of like change to move on to another subject, I guess. Um, like my issue with like modern Christianity is none of it's really original, and the Catholic church just mutilated it so bad to a point where it's unrecognizable from what it originally was. And at least from my research on like the Gnostic texts, which haven't been mutilated, they've just been simply translated from the original text to modern English. And just from the, and they have some parts missing from it, but from what is there, it's a whole different religion. And it teaches 
it doesn't teach being submissive to a god that is really tyrannical or you know like genocidal and misogynistic it's like which is what modern christianity is nowadays whether you want to believe it or not it teaches you know love your like truly love your neighbor love nature love animals like like in the gnostic text jesus is a, is a vegetarian you know just because he see, he doesn't see animals any more or less different than human beings because at the end of the day we are still we're just an animal too and he doesn't, he says just not to hurt animals and not to be destructive to nature. And he doesn't say you have to, you know, mindlessly pray to a God that you don't even know if he exists or not, you know, and your main, like you, like you can, if you know anything about linguistics, even this, the name Gnosticism is just you know, the worship of knowledge, like learn as much as you can while you're here, you know, try to figure out everything you can while you're here. And that's really why it really speaks to me is because I valid, I value knowledge more than anything. I try like just, I try to take my emotions out of any stance I can just so I can get a clear vision of what's going on. And even, I, I even take that politically, you know, like I, I mean, this podcast yeah, like is this I, entire form of this podcast? Yeah, like I'm sure y'all have noticed when me and Lee are talking that none of my viewpoints come from the point of emotion. I I may come off as very emotionless, you know, and I do that for a reason. I I don't want my personal feelings or my personal experiences to negate the overall picture. Just because that, in my opinion, that just taints your whole argument. Not nothing against you, of course. Like, well, no, and I think the way I look at it is, I don't let the overall the overall picture taint my emotions. I mean, like, and my, I think that. I mean, like my mindset of it is just what may be good for me is not good for everybody. Mm-hmm. What is good for me is not good for the overall picture. And hell, <laughs> as much as I hate, I hate to admit it. You see that in a lot of communism too. <laughs> yeah. Is the and big- I mean, it, it is truly, you know, you know, why we created this podcast is, you know, you, a true understanding of each other is really the only way we have a future. Yeah. You know, because uh, like we said in the very first episode, we're in this together, you know, every religion, every political stance, every race, every gender, we're all in it together. And without the understanding of each other, then what do we have? Yeah. Cause like even, even when it comes to religion, everybody's still in an echo chamber. Like mm-hmm. the Christians don't really talk to the Muslims and the Muslims don't talk to the Jews for obvious reasons. The, and you have the Buddhists and the Hindus way over there on the side, just arguing with each other. <laughs> like nobody talks to each other anymore. And you can even trace that to biblically, you know, with the Tower of Babel. Like the people wrote, build, tried to build a tower to meet God Himself, and He said, "No, you're not doing that," and split everybody up to their own 
people to their own language, to their own religion. And I'm not saying like we need to try to get back to that because I value multiculturalism more than anything and not from like the integration standpoint of, of that, but like each culture needs to retain their culture and we all bring, you know, we all bring something else to the table. Yeah. You know, and without representing that forms and discussions that we can bring to the table, then we're not truly in the best standpoint we can be in. Yeah. See, like, I don't, like, I'm, I don't want this to sound racist because it's not. Like, if we can retain our, every, every race's culture and not try to mix them together into some concoction, there's more beauty to that. Like, I don't, it's like, for for example, I don't want to go to Japan and eat at McDonald's. You know, I don't want to go here to go to Germany and get American KFC. I want to experience their cultures the way they're supposed to be. And I don't want to go to Ireland and go to an Irish restaurant and be served by a Chinese man. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like if that, if that does that make sense? I mean, I get it. It's not so much keeping the races separate. No, no, of course not. Speaking like, on, but it's keeping the culture strong. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to get to. And yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I don't want I get to sound like a Nazi. Why, how that can be misconstrued, <laughs> but like, it really is just keeping the strength in culture. Yeah. Cause that's and important. It's something else like something that, you know, to kind of piggyback on that and piggyback on just religion as a whole is, so I worked with a fellow um, guy at my current job and he was very, very Christian mindset. He actually runs a Christian camp now and we were some of the best friends and it was one of those things like with our discussion, he found out that I wasn't religious. Of course I knew he was. And we kind of talked through it and it was, he respected my viewpoint. I respected his. And one of the best things that he had ever done through me is I was going through kind of a hard time in my life. And he asked me if it was okay if he would pray for me. And that, even though I'm not religious, I do not believe in that. If that is, you know, if that is your highest, you know, that's, to me, that's the highest form of flattering. If something that you believe in wholeheartedly in your entire world and you want to give up your sacred time with your God to discuss the help that I personally need, you know, some, you know, people that's atheist, agnostic, or anywhere in between sees that almost as an insult. To But to me, it's not an insult. It was almost a it was a sense of love that I got from it you know it's you're willing to give up your sacred time to help me in my time of need and that was something that it really shocked him because he when he asked he kind of he said it and then kind of sat on the edge of a seat you know he was standing on thin ice he he had been in that conversation multiple times with people they didn't believe and they tended to get mad and angry at him and to me, that just doesn't, that's, that's not what 
you know, that doesn't make sense to me. If you're, if, you know, to me, if you're giving up that time, you're giving up that energy and for you get, me. And you get offended over it. It yeah it makes to, no sense. To me, that just, it doesn't make sense. That is the highest form of flattering. That is, it's, you know, I told him that was in a very emotional moment for me. It ended with, I'm not going to lie, we were both crying and hugging because it, it was the first time he had ever got a positive feedback from that, from somebody from my viewpoint on his religion. And it honestly meant a ton to me. You know, that really, it helped me get through a lot because, you know, the way I looked at it was if this one person that doesn't have the need to love me, loves me that much, then that really restored my faith in humanity. You know, it really, it really meant a lot to me. Yeah, because you get people on either side of either religion and it it's all if you're not in the camp you're it's all negative and that's not what it's supposed to be no like if like somebody that's not christian they and you hear the word christianity you will automatically think of the westboro baptist church and that's just like i don't like i like i said i'm not a christian in the traditional sense of it and that offends me if over anything is you're just so ignorant of other people's beliefs that all you see is negativity that goes against the whole idea of religion to begin with. Exactly. But on the other hand, also fuck the Westboro Baptist church. Yeah. Uh, I endorse that message. Yeah. I literally have a shirt that says fuck the Westboro Baptist church that I wear very proudly. <laughs> I've seen it. It's glorious. <laughs> like you know it's not something i focus on that is somebody that i have a very strong viewpoint against uh and that was even as a christian i had a very strong viewpoint against them that was somebody that as a christian preaching the word of god i had a very big big standpoint on them you know that it just didn't didn't vibe with the teachings of anything it really is their own sector and, but that it's, you know, just talking about religion as a whole is just, it really fascinates me. Uh, you know, you're talking about all your different studies. One that I'm really getting into is like Scientology, mm-hmm. not the belief of it, but the why, the how, what has happened, you know, what, what has led, uh, for that to happen. And it, it just intrigues me to <laughs> absolute death. Sorry, and my camera fell if uh, if we were on video right now and you zoomed in, you would see about four of the Scientology books behind me. Uh, I found them at a local thrift store, and I'm not going to lie, I study the crap out of them just because, you know, even though I have a lack of religion and everything in between, but it really just intrigues me at the end of the day. You know, why we all believe in what we believe in. You know, if we, if me and Ray were born in India, this conversation would be a completely different conversation we were having. Yeah. You know, that's something that intrigues me too, is, you know, the different forms of religion on the aspect of, you know, I'm right, he's wrong. And that's the final word. But, you know, if that same person that was right was born on the other side of the country, then they wouldn't have the viewpoint that they currently had. Or even the other side of the world. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like, and and, that, and one thing I just want to say before I forget, 
and I just wanted to dispel a at least the limited platform we have. I just wanted to dispel a myth for the people that think Christianity is a white European religion is completely false. It was a Middle Eastern religion that migrated from there to India and to Africa before it got anywhere near Europe. <laughs> and it blows my mind that people think otherwise. <laughs> I don't know. Like, even if you're not religious or even if you are, it's fun to study them. Like, just to kind of get an idea of what other people think. I mean, I guess that's kind of why I went leaning more towards the Gnostic view. Is like, I just love knowledge over anything. Like, I'll study just about anything you put in front of me. And, like, it even kind of blows my wife's mind. Because when we met, I was still a hardcore atheist at the end of the, end of the day. And back when I was still kind of ignorant of the whole aspect of it i was one making fun of religion i was the guy that was watching you know the amazing atheist on youtube back in the day you know <laughs> that was me and now if you look at my bookshelf i have about nine or ten bibles over there of all different translations and all different use cases for lack of better terms like i got an old king james version that my dad gave me when i was when did he get to me i think it's 2007 he gave it to me and then I got the Orthodox Bible. I got the NIV. You know, I got the scriptures, which is supposed to be the most direct translation. Like the uh, the Old Testament's and translated from Latin, and the New Testament's translated from Greek, and it still has all the original wording and names. And like when you see the word God, it's Elohim in Hebrew. You know. <laughs> I got. I just yeah, wanted no. to get. I wanted to get that far down to the original text, just just to study it. You know, I'm the same way. It's you know, it's you know, with when my wife, uh, when we moved in together, she was very surprised at the, you know, the difference in what she thought was gonna be on my bookshelf versus what actually was. You know, a hardcore atheist that didn't believe in anything and really really dispelled religion in all aspects but you know then she looks at my bookshelf and i have a retelling of the t uh of you know all the different bibles i have a book on buddhism i have the scientology books i have you know the uh tarot and just anything and everything in between, anything I can get my hands on, you know, I have naturalist books. I have, um, any book on spirit, spirituality. I have books about, you know, mountain climbers that feel like they have found God at the tip of the mountain and their viewpoint on it. The psychology behind these books, I have the psychological views of and the different lenses that we view religion. And, you know, I have books on almost every religion out there. And it's something that just absolutely fascinates me. And that, I, you know, in the, your same aspect of that is I really feel like that shocked her when I, you know, she looked at my books and she realized that this person that, you know, down, down hard atheist, that atheist to the core doesn't believe in anything, dispels all religion. And then you look at my bookshelf and you look like I look like a religious professor. Uh, I study every. Hell, I even got the satanic Bible next to my Bibles. <laughs> Just, <you> yeah. 
in the original satanic bible you know what it was actually funded on yeah yeah none of and, this satanic temple shit no i mean like the actual church of satan bible i got it yeah on my bookshelf like like that was like one and not to derail this uh, conversation but that was one of the first things i looked into whenever i left christianity don't tell my family that because they still don't know, but it's on the internet now. But <laughs> like, and it's not what people think it is either. Like I'm, I know you've read it and yep. it's not, you know, like killing babies and worshiping cats. You know, it's, it's none of that. It's just like, I'm going to take the traditional view of Christianity and flip it upside down. Because that's the way Anton LaVey felt. And it was it's not it's not even a religious text in the traditional sense of the of the word. It's just a book of how he felt on religion. Yeah. I mean it's you know, it is really how it felt. I mean, if you look at the Bible and you look at the story of Lucifer, you know, it, you know, I can justify why someone would feel that way, you know, if they're they're sitting here and they have those preconceived notions kinda like, you know, I know I had, I'm not going to speak for you, but when, you know, they were kind of deconstructing Christianity for themselves, you know, you see that the most beautiful angel that ever lived, uh, you know, God's right hand man. And you're sitting there and you disagree with God on a aspect. And instead of hearing you out and being a fellow and being, you know, hearing, you know, if you're his right-hand man, you, you have a word that you should, you know, speak upon. And instead of doing so, you're casted down. And, you know, now you're Lucifer and you Satan and, you know, you get casted down and you kind of get spat on because of your own free thought. And in that aspect of it, you know, you, you really understand why you can have that mindset because, you know, if you look at it on that aspect of it, it's, you know, why would, why would I want to follow the conceited God that spite, that spites down and everyone that disagrees or has a different opinion than me? Why wouldn't I want to follow the free thinker that believes in himself and, allows other people's interpretations and ideas to come into forth, you know? Yeah. And you know, my thoughts on that whole situation is if you look at the original text, there was no devil. There was no Satan. It was an invention of the Catholic church to make a boogeyman that defied authority. And Mm -hmm. they preached that onto their people to get in their head if I defy authority, this is what's going to happen. And, you know, like you said, like if you're God's right hand man and you had anything you could ever want, as far as our, our minds can comprehend, why would you go against that and ruin your life? You know, like it doesn't make any yeah. sense. Like, like a lot of the Satanists will say, you know, God was this tyrannical, genocidal, misogynistic prick, for lack of better terms. And they see him as like the, the great rebel 
to free humanity and give them free will to the extent that it was supposed to be. And if you look at the original text, that's not that's not anywhere close to what it was. Yeah, but out of mainstream Christianity that we, you know, ninety percent of our country grew up with, that's that's how they know it. And yeah, and hell, even back when I was in high school, like I wanted, like this is still when like, YouTube was still big, and like it's not today, but you know, you know, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, I wanted to start a channel just talking about that, like going like like going over religion teaching religion the way it was supposed to be because i still think i still hold this belief to be true that the world would be a better place if you didn't have religion and the way it is today if you go back and get rid of all the misconstructions of it the world would still would be a better place and the and hell it if I was listening to this one guy on you on YouTube, and I take his story with a grain of salt because there's no way to prove it at this point, but he was and he worked for the U.S. military, and he was like this intelligence guy. I can't, I can't remember what the job title actually is, but he was invited to the Vatican and got to go in the Vatican Library. And he's seen an original Bible that had 777 books in it. And in my mind, if you have, what is it, 54 books in the modern King James Version? Mm-hmm. Man, you got a crumb of what was originally supposed to be. And I, it's hard for me to believe in a religion that has just a crumb of, out of the big pie. Yeah. I mean, what what are you leaving out? What are you... What are you hiding? You know, and- <laughs> Yeah, and and that's what's every every uh, religion. You know, it's when you look down into it and you look at what we see today in mainstream religion. It is the crumb of what actually started that religion. Yeah, and like, if, and if and if it's cool with you, I'd like to do like a little mini series on them, just going over all the lost books and just talking about them one by one. And going yeah. into as depth as I can just to kind of get that message out, you know? I think yeah. it'd be a pretty cool idea. Yeah, I would be down with that. Now, uh, if you don't care if you do that, then I'll kind of do the same thing on my episodes for the following week of, uh, you know, kind of your other mainstream religions, you know, because, you know, I kind of study a vast majority of them. So if you want to. Yeah, do Christianity. I'll start with one and then kind of move my way through them. And you know, because I would love to start with Scientology. You know, I've read even the works that L. Ron Hubbard wrote leading up to Dionysus, Dionysus, which is the start of Scientology. You know, I have the works beforehand, and even those you can kind of see those ideologies kind of start building, and is what really is the basis of Dionysus, which is the you know essentially the first book of Scientology. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome because it's hard to find like a, a view on Scientology that's not based in conspiracy or yeah, either from conspiracy the church itself. Or, from the church exactly. itself. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to see that third party view of it. And, you know, especially with, you know, our viewpoint of the, you know, the Democratic view, the Republic conservative view that, you know, we both bring something else to the table. So, you know, if I, you know, I will. You know, especially I think even with your uh, teachings of it and your 
you know, just tellings of it is, you know, for the first half of it, you know, it's, you know, we need to leave it as methodical as you can. Mm-hmm. And then we can get into our different views of it. You know, I can look at the democratic views of it. You can look at the conservative views of it and the everything in between. So that way we all together, you know, host and listeners, we can have a better understanding of what makes the world turn. Yeah. Cause like, like you said, you're more spiritual. I'm more logical and we can both kind of buy into it to an extent on from different angles. And I think it'd be just interesting to go over like, this is supposed to be built as like a political show, but like the old saying goes, politics is downstream from culture or culture is downstream from politics. So, I mean, it'd be just to get the different sides of it all just on the same topics, just to kind of flesh out ideas, you know, mm-hmm. if that, yeah, made, if that made any sense. <laughs> No, I get it. And that's kind of, you know, the first initial idea of the show when we started talking about it was, you know, looking at our viewpoints on policy changes, Denver politics and uh, everything in between. That's why we talk about, you know, we've had an episode on Manson. We've had the episode on Federal Reserve, uh, episode released on the 31st of Dahmer. And, you know, it's really, you know, somebody that is a starch conservative Republican and someone that is a starch liberal Democrat coming together and sharing those viewpoints on every topic. And I just want to clarify, I'm not a Republican. I don't know how many times I got to show you this <laughs> for the people that's not, can't, I can't, it's not seeing I'm holding up my libertarian membership card. <laughs> that is, I mean, it's at, also, it, it is out of date, but I still hold to a lot of their values. <laughs> I mean, but it, it's I am, also but I am right leaning. Yeah, and that's what I meant by that. I didn't yeah, mean I, I actually, know. you know. Yeah, just gotta call you. Know, out. I'm a yeah, I'm a left leaning libertarian. You know, I, and we oh. do kind of. I think that is where we're able to have that middle ground is where we do both share the basis of the libertarian values, but I hold the social values of it. You hold the more right leaning values of it. The economical and the logical. Yeah, and then I, uh, you know, whatever I held the social aspect and the uh, social freedom aspect of it, you know, and that, that kind of is where we're able to meet in the middle because we do share a lot of the same ideas, but different, you know, different ways to get around it. And I think that's a good way to talk about different topics, like all the different religions, talking about your different cultists, serial killers, and all the topics in between big policy changes when they do come up, but you know, with our government, you know, policy changes don't come up often. It's very slow moving. And yeah, that, that's why I like I, to be able to view. Yeah. That's why I say politics is downstream of culture because something happens in culture first and then they try to either ban it or outlaw it or embrace it. Yeah. And I mean, and to be honest, it's, you know, culture is, Culture has the right-leaning side and the left-leaning side on every aspect of culture, and being able to view those perspectives through all aspects is what really is what is really the meaning behind this podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's more instead of political, you could say it's more cultural than anything. This because yeah. we're fighting a culture war, whether you like it or not, and we're on both sides of it, and we're trying to meet in the middle on them. 
have yeah. the, have the, have the discussions other people refuse to have. Exactly. That's our entire friendship. You know, it's what makes you mad, what makes me mad. Let's see if we can find the common ground so we can at least somewhat crack a smile at the end of the day. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of give everybody an idea of what next week would be. Um, I, I'm going to finish my episode on the Federal Reserve next week. And then if you're cool with it, I'll go ahead and start on the Gnostic books. I don't, I don't know which one I'll pick first, but I'll, uh, I will find out. We'll all find out together. Yeah. And, uh, and I know what we're going to do, and I know you've been wanting to do the Scientology for a while. So, yeah. And what we're going to do, uh, from here on out due to, um, you know, until we're can build the fan base to make this a full-time job, you know, we both have full-time careers, uh, both parents, obviously husbands and, you know, I'm also full-time in college, so schedules get a little bit tight between the two of us. So what we're going to do is we're we're going to promise you two uploads of a podcast a week. Uh, we will do three when is all able, but two is what we are definitely promising. We will not waver from that. And they may not be uploaded the same day just because our software has a lot of technical issues and until we can flesh that out. I don't think we should have a set schedule, but yeah. like you said, we will have two episodes a week. And then when we can, when it's capable, we will upload a third one during the week. Uh, we also just started a TikTok, So go give us a shout out on that. We're going to kind of show our perspectives of uh, big videos that go around the internet and just different perspectives of the world. You know, if I'm, in my fields one day on a certain policy change or a certain religion. If I'm, you know, in the middle of my research on a episode and I really just got to get it off my chest right then and there, you know, that's where you'll kind of catch those updates at and kind of see us on our day-to-day life. We're going to get a lot better on uh, that side of it. You're going to see us on the day-to-day life on TikTok and then, you know, at least twice a week here on Spotify. Be the video, video version of Instagram. That's how we're going to treat it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's uh, kind of the way, you know, this is going from here on out is, you know, we're not leaving the political space whatsoever. I promise you that anytime a big policy change happens or anything big happens in this world, I promise you we're going to be the first ones on it and first ones talking about it and argue about it and try to hug it out at the end. But, yeah, so in at least one episode a week, we'll still be political. Yeah, we're going to do one episode a week being completely political. Uh, second episode a week is going to be kind of your hot topic, but uh, we're going to lean toward culture side of it. You know, still do some of the cultists, some of the conspiracy theories here and there. Uh, those are going to kind of be your like special treats throughout the seasons, but uh, a lot of it's going to be cultural based. Uh, a lot of belief systems, a lot of you know, that's kind of fits along with that cultist. It really fits along with a lot of conspiracy theories out there because a lot of conspiracy theories. <laughs> A lot of conspiracy. <laughs> and <he's dead. laughs> We're going to have to cut out that squeak, my dude. It was, no, it was no, a, because it was, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Hopefully somebody will let me know because it's like a big gasp for air and then a burp. I want right, to so say it's a hiccup, but I don't know. <laughs> any doctors out there that can either confirm or deny that Ray has cancer, please reach out. Let us know. Uh, it'd be very much appreciated. He does not want to pay that copay. And my, uh, my brother, so. my brother's a nurse, but he's fresh out of school. And as I yeah. answer, as always, talk to your primary care physician. 
Yeah. What the fuck you get for? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, is we're gonna lean, you know, a lot in that cultural side. But like I said, a lot of those uh serial killers and cultists and the um conspiracy theories that we were already talking about talk you know speaking about on a weekly basis is you know a lot of that has shaped our culture it's the reason we are the way we are we have the fears we have today but because of that you know the cultists is really reads leads into that religion and conspiracy theories i mean there's entire cultures around some of those conspiracy theories that's a lot of people's way of life like i want to do a q on episode and there's people that that is their entire way of life is in that belief system and that is you know Right down to it, I, I think more or less everything's going to stay the same. Um, but we always said a lot of words, and it kind of seemed like we were rambling. So I feel like now we've kind of defined it as we're going to be a cultural and political podcast. Yeah, I mean, with anything, we're going to try to be the voice of the world. Yeah, and with any new show, as now much people don't want to admit it, but that's how they all start. So mm-hmm. y'all are here for the beginning of it for this you're, you're, you're the first ones to the whole movement first ones to the movement and the first ones to hopefully see a olive branch between the two sides and honestly if the only thing i can get out of this if i cannot make this a full-time job one day which i would absolutely love being able to sit here and talk to you guys if i can at least help us make this world the way it should leave it a better place in the end. That's all I could ever ask for. Yeah. Cause I'm tired of seeing people mindlessly go out and die for nothing or mindlessly get locked up in prison because they didn't hear the other side out. We're just mindlessly just get in these arguments and create these feuds. You know, I got, Disrupted. I got family members that won't talk to other family members due to belief systems. And that to me is absolutely baffling. Yeah. I've lost friends along the way, you know, it's when a lot of people find out, you know, again, we've stated many times we're from the South, you know, Bible Belt of the South. It's and you were a Bernie my belief bro. system. <laughs> huh? So then you were the bony, the Bernie bro. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, my belief system, my religious beliefs, political beliefs, my outlook on abortion that we talked about a couple of episodes ago and my interests and likes it really, really is frowned upon in my, you know, regional status. And that is something that, you know, I've lost a lot of friends due to it. I've lost family members due to it. And, you know, my friendship and relationship with Ray is something that is completely, you know, it's never, it's never haltered. It's never wavered. It's stayed strong throughout, even though we do have starts, you know, very starts different beliefs. It's, at the end of the day, we, we understand that, you know, we're in one America, we're one friendship, and honestly, the only thing that can come from the difference in beliefs is a better tomorrow. Yeah, and I'll just kind of leave it off on a good quote from our founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin, united we stand, divided we fall. And that's more, that rings more true today than I think ever, even Contrary to popular belief, I still think it rings more true today than it did during the Civil War. I do too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, you know, my favorite phrase that I use every night, you know, be good, be good at it. 
the uh, if you need help, reach out. If you need someone to talk to, if you're going through a deconstruction yourself and you really feel like you have no one to reach out to, you know, if you're in the kind of same situation that me and Ray was in that, you know, no one around you believed you and uh, would listen to you, reach out, talk to us. That can be a very scary time in someone's life. You know, I, I, I know it was for me. It was very scary leaving the belief system that everyone and the only belief system I ever knew, just leaving it behind. So if you need someone to reach out, I'm here. And I, I just kind of want to tell us a little short story for that. I, at least I had during mine. When I was 17, I was enlisting in the army and I think Lee knows his story quite well. So when you're, mm-hmm. when you join the military under the age of 18, you have to have parental consent. And, you know, my dad, like I, I said, I always said that I grew up in a, with a single mother raising two kids, working three jobs in a little single wide trailer and in a little trailer park. But, you know, I still want to give my dad some credit. He was, he still did try to be in our lives and he always came around as many times as he can, even though he lived in Georgia. But during this one time he was there was when I was joining and we were finishing up the paperwork and when you're going through the enlistment process, they, the recruiters have to go through all, you know, what's your name? Like what's your legal name? What's your blood type? What's your religion? What's this and that? Just to kind of get all the fine details out, you know, to go on, on your dog tags and stuff like that. But when he got to the religion part, I never told my family, my religious views for the past four years. I had kept it a secret. You know, they knew I didn't go to church. They know I didn't really, I wasn't the one to go along to get along during it. And it, it did cause some strife, but I never told them I was an atheist. I just told them I had questions, I had doubts, and I was working through them. But whenever the recruiter asked me, what's your religion? I kind of paused. I had to think about it for a second because, you know, I didn't want to lie to the recruiter, but I didn't want to lie to my parents. And I chose just to go ahead and say, I'm an atheist. And I just kind of got the weird look, like the, you know, like the dagger eyes from both my parents and the recruiter was just sitting there like, what did I just start? (laughs) But, you know, it was, it, it was hard. Like when we left there, you know, it was hours long conversations as soon as we walked out the door, they were asking questions, you know, trying to convert me back. We went out to dinner. We went to Hooters, believe it or not. <laughs> and we sat at Hooters talking religion for hours. Feel bad for that server because we were, we hogged the table forever. And then the 45 minute drive home from the recruiting station. And it was all that we, we talked about for hours and days and, it just didn't feel like an end was in sight. And I felt like I just like broke my family. And I just want long story short. If anybody know, if anybody knows what you're going through with it, it's us. And we want to be there for you, whether we agree with your stance or not, or whether you agree with our stance or not, we've, we've been through just about anything you can go through short of, I, I like I don't know about you, but I almost got kicked out of my house. Yeah, and my ship date wasn't for another year, so I would have had to have find somewhere somewhere to live for a year. 
until I went to training. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it was very scary when my parents found out, you know, I think the only thing that saved me was my parents were divorced and, uh, my dad was currently dating somebody that, uh, ended up identifying as atheist. And that's about the only thing that saved me. It was the affection that he had to this woman. Honestly, I feel like is what saved my relationship with him because if he could write off his love for her because of lust, even though the lack of religion was there, then he had no excuse to write love for me off due to the lack of religion. And that's something that, you know, even today is kind of hard to swallow that knowing that the talk of being kicked out and everything was there and that I wasn't good enough to overcome to him in his eyes. I wasn't good enough for him to oversee the lack of religion due to the fact that even though I was his son, but a lustful act with a woman and her lack of religion was enough to overlook my lack of religion and that's something that like i said i even struggle with that today you know because at the end of the day no matter how old we are our parents approval is everything and that something like i said i i continue to struggle with and i'm hoping to not struggle with one day yeah because i know whenever i first started my searching for a faith back i was back when i was 13 and just got into high school, still trying to figure out who I was, going through puberty, you know, like everybody knows how that how that goes. And me and my me and my mom didn't even have a great relationship back then, and she didn't know I was an atheist yet, and we were still arguing and going through all that to the point where. Even then, my dad was still, like I said, my dad lived in Georgia, and I live in East Tennessee. She was willing to send me off to live with him just because she couldn't handle it anymore. And I don't blame her for it. I mean, I was kind of an asshole. (laughs) So, and it just kind of didn't really get any better for years. And it got better towards, you know, the end of high school. I kind of figured out who I was teenage angst wasn't there anymore and it our relationship started healing and it was going good and then I dropped that bomb on her and it felt like all that progress was gone and so today I mean today we have a great relationship like I love my mom more than anything and she's a great woman I understand everything she did for was for a reason trying to you know do the best she could and I just want people to know that no matter what you're going through it does get better not for everybody I don't want to people to come messaging me on Twitter and be like hey my life is shit <laughs> like I got the noose already tied up ready to go you know like I don't want to discount those people but you know for the vast majority but also if that's you reach out yeah still. of course Reach out. Let's talk about it. I'm, I'm going to tell you that, you know, if you feel like that at the end of the day that no one loves you and that your life is poor and that that's your only way out, I love you. Yeah. 
I love you with every fiber of my being and I will fight for you till I'm blue in the face. And that's my job here. Yeah. Cause like, you know, I, back when, when I was 13 and going through all that at the beginning, I felt like, like life was over. Like there wasn't nothing worth living for, you know, my family hates me. I don't have a religion. I don't like, only thing I have was my friends and going through that. My mom didn't even let me go hang out with my friends, you know? So I've just felt alone. And the only way I felt I got through that is chat rooms. Like finding, I found, I can't remember the name of it, but I found some app on my iPod and went into this chat room for teenagers that was going through the same thing I was going through. And that got me through it. And my friends in school got me through it, you know? Like there's more to family than blood. You bet you build your own family. Sure we're a very big testament to that, you know. My kids call you uncle. Your son will eventually call me uncle. Already loves me more than he loves you, so we already got winning on that book. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we uh you know, we have this absolute connection to where, you know, at Christmas, you know, I call Ray and figure out when we're going to spend Christmas together before I call my family. Yeah. You know, if, if I have a major uh, catastrophe happen, you know, uh, sometime last year I ended up having emergency surgery and as a pretty scary moment in my life, you know, at that time, 26 years old and have to sign that paper saying, Hey, you may not wake up from this. And if you don't do it, you're going to die anyway. So you you know, you have a really good chance of dying in this moment in your life. And that, that, that really worried me. And, you know, Ray was one of the first people I called, you know, I was, you know, something that, you know, I feel like, you know, what you just said is, you know, family's not blood. It doesn't have to be blood. It's, you know, with us, you know, we've really, really became the most important family that the two of us have has been each other for years now. Yeah. And I want people to know that that's also okay. You know, if you, if your best friend is your family and that's your, the biggest family connection that you have in your life, that's okay. Uh, Cause I feel like a lot of people beat themselves up due to beliefs and how they were taught growing up. And I need you to know that that's, that's an okay thing to have. And sometimes it's even more beautiful because those people love you for you and they chose to be with you. Yeah. So to, and I think we're going to leave it off here. Oh, go ahead. So to lean it, lean, I was about to say, leave it on a downer. Oh, it's an <laughs> upper, but a downer, but you know, yeah. like just, I mean, fi- it, we it, talk it, about our love. So it's all right. You know? Yeah. Let's say if you don't, even if you don't reach out to us, you know, reach out to somebody. There's some, somebody wants to listen. Yeah. Somebody wants to help. Exactly. And if no one will listen, reach out to us. Yeah. DMs are open. We're there. We're not the last resort, but we are there. We're we're an option. Yeah. So. Leave it on that. Have a good night, guys. Yeah. Stay safe. Yeah. Don't forget to, you know, rate if you can. Give us a follow. There's gonna be a lot more to this to come. So. Well, check out our link tree. Follow us on all socials. Uh, should have our TikTok loaded up there very shortly. We just created it, and you're, you'll are you 
you'll see those day-to-day videos on there kind of give you those day-to-day updates this will get you at least two times a week of an update in a longer format but short snippets of our you know daily ins and outs of life will be uploaded that tiktok yeah well all right guys y'all have a great night and see us again We'll, we'll let you know when our next upload is on twitter so you're at least if we don't have a set schedule you'll be able to see you know before anybody else you know Mm -hmm. good night everybody have a good night